you're listening to the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. Chris and Jana are parents of three, life and business partners who share their personal development techniques so you can grow yourself and grow your marriage. Chris and Jana here with the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. This is episode number 36. Number 36, guys, and on today's episode, we have our guest, Sandra Etherington. Sandra is the owner of Family Personalities, which is a business that aims to help families parent through the use of personality types. Yeah, this is one of our most interesting episodes, at least in my opinion, because Chris and I super nerd out about personality types and just learning about ourselves and and why and how we tick the way we tick. And because ultimately, obviously, the whole goal here is to grow ourselves and be the best versions of ourselves. And how can you do that without knowing yourself? So the cool thing is, Sandra not only does that for you, but she does it for the whole family so that you can communicate and discipline and do all these things in your family unit based on how you and your family best communicates, best works. Right. And the Myers-Briggs type indicator is what Sandra uses. And for those of you that don't know what that is, is it's an introspective self-report questionnaire that kind of indicates you know, your psychological preferences and how you perceive the world and make decisions. So there are 16 different personality types made up of these main, <laughs> of these main categories. Okay. So I'm sure you've heard before, you know, am I an extrovert or an introvert? Uh, maybe you've heard like the sensing or intuition being the second letter, the thinking or feeling or the judging or perceiving. Well, that sequence, you know, everybody has a different sequence out of the 16 personality types. So we are going to chat about that in this episode and get some really great insight into, you know, how to better parent. So without further ado, Sandra Etherington. Sandra Etherington, welcome to the Grow Yourself, Grow Your Marriage podcast. Thanks for being with us. Thank you guys so much for having me. Absolutely. Sandra, we are so excited. I've been counting down to your interview because uh, for those of you who don't know, Sandra is like the personality guru. Is that Can I, can I call you personality guru? Sure, I'll take that yeah. title. <laughs> right. And we are weirdly into personality types and taking personality quizzes Big and time. seeing how they match up and stuff. So. I'm excited to talk to you and see how this applies to families. Yeah, absolutely. So the first question I think both of us have is, uh, you know, how did you, how did you get into this line of work? I mean, is there, is there any type of, uh, any type of an event or anything that kind of led you to the work you do now? Yeah, I was first introduced to the Myers-Briggs personality type model, which is the one that I mainly work with in the corporate world, which is where I started out my career. And I, when I discovered my own type, resonated with it so incredibly deeply and found so much self-growth through it that it became um, somewhat of a, I always say obsession and my friends correct me and say, you should call it a passion. So it became somewhat of a passion of mine and I applied it in all areas of my life and it helped me in my personal relationships, helped me understand my childhood in context um, as well as professionally. And when I became a mom and I had kids, I na just naturally started to wonder, hmm, I, first of all, do they have personality types yet when they're this little? Uh, is that something that develops later in their life? When can I tell what their personality types are? And can I affect what their personality types are? I had all these questions. And so I just started reading into it and looking into it. Um, and when I discovered their personality types and began applying things in the home to help our family life be more peaceful, um, I just found it such a powerful tool. Um, and naturally, I wanted to be able to share that tool with others. And so I went through the trainings and um, started to just help out friends, families. And then from there, I, I turned it into um, an actual service that I can offer people. That so is cool. awesome. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Well, first off, you you kind of made both of our ears perk up a little bit when you said uh, peace in the household. So, uh, <laughs> I mean, how can we answer that question? Jeez. Well, and yeah. And, and what did you discover about how old do they have to be? Do we influence their personalities? Like, tell me. 
tell me it all. Yes, (laughs) yes, feed us. (laughs) So there's so many different personality type models, and I can really only speak to, as far as my training, Myers-Briggs, and that is you come out of the womb who you are. You are wired a certain way from birth, and you stay that way all the way through your life. That doesn't mean that you don't change as a person, that you don't grow as a person, that you can't do all different things. This is not a personality type model that's meant to box you in at all. Um, It just means your brain works a certain way more efficiently than another way. Um, And so our children are who they are. And I think any parent with more than one child can kind of tell you that you raise your, your your two children the exact same way or your three children, your four children, and they all are so completely different. And they're so different from yourself that you were as a child. Right. Um, And some of that can be explained with the Myers-Briggs personality types. So as far as how old you can tell, um, it's a, there's a little bit of a gray area. I can tell you that I was able to type my own children by the time they were two. Wow. And I don't type clients' children who are younger than two, however. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. okay. You have to know them pretty intimately well and understand right. the model pretty well in order to do that. Um, for children who are seven or older, I say we can get really accurate and feel pretty sure of it. And children who are seven or older with a second grade reading level or higher can actually participate in the process themselves, which is really fun um, because they can start to use a little introspection and a little self-understanding and self-advocation. For younger than seven, say between two and seven, we take kind of a best guess based on behaviors that we notice in them. And we can reevaluate when they're a little bit older. Um, But definitely we can at least I can at least assure you that we'll we'll nail down parts of their Myers-Briggs type, if not all, um, between the ages of two and seven. Okay, so whenever you, so say you have like the younger kids, of course, I'm just thinking of us. We've got uh, two, three, and four right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so when you do that, are you able to get close and then you start suggesting different uh, activities or discipline or ways of communication with them based on that? Is that how that works? Yeah. Part, partly I, you know, I will model the package around what the family is exactly looking for. If there's a certain need that they have, a certain problem they have, a certain communication problem, a conflict, and I can tailor it to that. But some of the basic things are understanding what your child needs discipline wise. Like one child's going to respond very different to one type of discipline than another child. Um, understanding communication wise, how to help them communicate with each other, how to help yourself communicate with them. And then also looking at your partner, your parenting partner, whether it's um, your spouse or say um, an ex who you're co-parenting with if you're divorced or separated um, and understanding how you each approach parenting differently and be able to communicate and make decisions better together. Um, Really just looking at the whole family unit and looking at everyone's personality types, how they're different, how they're the same, where can we find common ground and work together better as a family? I love this. I love this, Sandra, because I am, I am a systematic thinker. Mm-hmm. Um, I am. I, so Wait, see if she, can you like usually guess yeah, people's well, based on? I don't on think them? we've had a long enough conversation know, for her I'm to guess curious. what I am. Like what would you have to do to kind of type somebody kind of quickly? Um, I, I certainly will take, I'm not supposed to ethically tell people what type they are, but I do it all the okay. time. Um, <laughs> okay. um, so I, I can say I did listen to your guys's, um, your 2020 podcast, like going into the new year where, oh, okay. uh, Johnny, you asked Chris a whole bunch of questions yeah. and, and then okay. you guys reversed it. Um, gosh, it's hard to say just from that. I can tell you that, are you guys familiar with the Enneagram personality type model? Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. It's a little easier for me to make the snap, you know, mm-hmm. guesses on Enneagram mm-hmm. because it's a little more surface level, whereas Enneagram sure. has so many different um, aspects to it. It's hard right. to get all of them. Um, but I'm, I sensed a lot of what I call introverted feeling or authenticity in you, Chris. And that doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily mean that it's one of your drivers. It could be like a lower one. 
um, in your, and this is getting like way detailed into my respects. No, no, no. <laughs> One of the lower functions on the cognitive stack that you could be tapping into as, in your adulthood as you grow. Um, mm-hmm. But you even mentioned the word authenticity so many times as something that's mm-hmm. very important to you. And so I was taking that in and trying to figure out, well, where could that fit in your Myers-Briggs? But no, I would not say that I have a guest for you. Yeah. Okay. My first guess would be. <laughs> <laughs> she, said, she said no. Okay. <laughs> it's something with extroverted sensing and introverted feeling, which would be like an ESTP, ISTP. There's like kind of four types that have those ESTP, ISTP, ESFP, ISFP. Well, those would be my four guesses. Do you know what your, what your type is? All right. I am. So I, I used uh, 16 personalities. Mm-hmm. Have you, have you used them a lot? Um, I don't really, I mean, we we can talk about the online assessments in a minute, in my opinion of them, but, but go on. <laughs> oh, okay, 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 yeah, yeah, gotcha. Okay, so I am INTJ. Oh, T. gosh, I should have I known am. that because my husband's yeah. an INTJ. Yeah, should, should be so, able to pick those out right away. I love, <laughs> I love, I love the analytics behind things. I like, mm. I like the systems driven way of life. Um, and although I sometimes come off like an extrovert when mm-hmm. I'm in my comfort zone, I. I definitely, I tell John all the time, like, I think we we're, we we're driving a few days ago and she's like, oh, so-and-so's in Disney World. Wouldn't you love to be there right now? So absolutely not. Send me to an island by myself with a bag of books mm-hmm. for a week and I'll be fine. Like, totally. That, that's how I like to roll. Yeah. And um, yeah, INTJ, I'm just like trying to piece that in together in, in my mind with your um, career as a new work in fitness, right? And yes. your fitness trainer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's really interesting, uh, because your INTJs are not naturally in tune with the, um, with their five senses and with their bodies. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of at the, the bottom of their cognitive stack. It's interesting. hard for them to reach, but it yeah. can also be a source of aspiration for them, mm-hmm. um, that they really enjoy working towards. And so I, would see it really interesting that you take a systems and analytical approach to fitness. Yeah. So like, so what's, what's actually kind of interesting about me is I, I grew up with like terrible grades and not motivated at all. And then everything Uh just shifted when I had a second opportunity and I like graduated college on the Dean's list and all that stuff and kind of like flipped my life around. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm a much more like systems driven analytical thinker. I never was before though. Um, and so I almost like, well, now you're throwing a wrench in who the I am, being born. which does kind of throw a wrench in things. Yes. Well, it would be really interesting to do a session with you because yeah. Yeah. sometimes there's, there's a couple different ways it can happen. One way is we can be, we're raised in an environment where we are not using our more natural preferences. And so I can say that for me, I was definitely that way. And we perceive ourselves as someone different than we are or perceive ourselves as having different um, preferences than we do. So, for example, my entire childhood, teenagehood and small portion of my young adulthood, I considered myself an extrovert. Mm -hmm. Um, And then when I discovered I was an introvert, it was like, oh, it was like just resonated with me so much. And I understood so much more about myself and was able to do so much better self-care. Um, yeah. And a lot of times with Myers-Briggs, there can be other aspects also beyond introversion, extroversion, where we have been acting in a way that's against our natural preferences. And we discover as an adult, how we actually are wired, how we actually do prefer to move through the world, make decisions, mm. take in information. Um, and so that could be what you are experiencing or what you yeah, are well- that's exactly how I was actually. I thought I was an extrovert. Mm-hmm. Remember I was in college and someone who was studying um, like really deep into psychology and stuff um, told me I was an introvert. I was like, shut up. No, I'm not. And they're like, yeah, yeah, you are. Like, prom- I promise you, you'll figure it out. And I was like, yeah, right. You're out of your mind. It was actually like my, my like RD or whatever. And I remember being so mad. I was like, I'm an extrovert. And sure enough, I'm an introvert. Sure enough, <laughs> I go to an island with Way. a bag of books. So Yes. And then the other the the other way sometimes it can happen is um, you develop your less preferred functions as you grow into adulthood. You learn how to use them more in a more balanced way, and you might start to explore some of the cognitive functions that are lower in your um, preferred stack. And so sometimes that can you can pull out parts of yourself that you didn't realize were there into adulthood. 
Super interesting. Man, That's I could so nerd out all day about this. Okay, well, John, now, what about you? Well, now I'm just curious because I have like decidophobia on those quizzes. Because I'm like, well, I feel like I'm this way. She always thinks she's but right sometimes in the I'm like, like this. And so I took the one like three times and I got the same thing every time. Um, and actually he picked out what I was like every letter before I finished the quiz, which was interesting. Um, but yeah, mine is E N F P T. What's the T? T it, uh, on that on the sixteen personalities. That's the only oh, one. Oh, they find. have that. They have that it's extra letter in there, huh? Uh, turbulent what? or turbulent. assertive? assertive. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think I've seen that before. So I'm E N F P. Okay, is what I got like every time I took the so test. These opposite preferences from Chris. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and let's back up just for a minute for for your listeners who aren't familiar with Myers Briggs. Yeah, yeah. You know, maybe we've Good been idea. going a little a little zoom ahead for people who don't understand. I know we're just so excited yeah. to talk about. Yeah, we've definitely been. Yes, about yes. This give one. us give us like the somebody's listening. They're about to turn it off because they don't know They're what like, all what these is letters all are. This? Yeah. So there are four preference pairs in Myers Briggs, and understanding each one is an either or choice. So for example, the first one is introversion, extroversion, which we touched on a little bit. Um, If you prefer introversion, your letter is I. If you prefer extroversion, your letter is E. And then there's three other preference pairs. Um, They are sensing versus intuition, uh, thinking versus feeling, and then judging versus perceiving. And you can think of the preference pairs. My favorite way to think of them is using the metaphor of handedness. So like, for example, um, are you guys right-handed or left-handed? Right. I'm right. Uh, See, I'm ambidextrous, but I would say I'm dominant, maybe right, but not always. I don't know. (laughs) Um, So if you, well, we'll, we'll, we'll go with um, Jonathan for this for a minute, but if you were to sign your name with your right hand, how would that feel? Natural, easy. Yeah. Would you really have to think about it much? No. Yeah, you just kind of do it without thinking, right? If you had to sign with your left hand, how would that feel? I literally can't. <laughs> like a child, like a child, like I've got to hold it and like try to, yeah, I can't, I can't even like feed myself with my left hand. <laughs> so what would happen though, if you broke your right hand and you had to use your left hand for a while, say like a few weeks? I would have really sloppy handwriting, <laughs> but I mean, I guess I would work on it I would figure it out yeah do you think it would get better over time I would hope (laughs) (laughs) um but it would probably feel pretty exhausting too right like I like I'm I'm imagining myself at the end of the day just being like oh my god I'm so tired of like the cooking and the everything that I have to do trying to relearn everything yeah that'd be terrible so you you can think of the preference pairs the same way um that we we all use introversion we all use extroversion we have to in order to get along in the world, but one of them is just, is more of a preference to us. It's, it's more automatic. It, we can do it without thinking. We feel a little happier. They're a little more comfortable. And when we have to use our other one, it's just more exhausting. It's more tiring. It's more awkward. Um, but if we practice it, we can get better at it over time. And that doesn't necessarily mean that we have, say you're an introvert and you've practiced doing all sorts of different types of extroversion in the world. It doesn't mean you've turned into an extrovert, probably at the end of the week, you're still going to want to go back to your introversion. Just like at the end of a week of using your left hand, you're going to, you're going to want to go back to using your right hand. It's just more comfortable. Um, so we can all do all of it. We just have a preference for one or the other. And I don't, and Chris, you threw me through for a loop with your, no, I'm sorry. I mean, literally I throw a ball with my left hand. I shoot uh-huh. a basketball with my right. I bat with my right. Like I have like such odd things I do with my left. Like I, I, yeah, it's so odd. So what do you, what do you write with? I, I write with my right. Uh-huh. Um, sorry, John's having a coughing attack. It's just our <laughs> life the last month. Um, but yeah, I, I write with my right. So I will say that confidently, but I will say I have such bad handwriting. <laughs> my left and my right look pretty similar. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but does what, does it feel more, com- it feels more comfortable when you yeah, write? With, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I guess it would just depend on you for what you're doing, but it's the same general mm-hmm. concept. Yeah. But you know what? I think what is really awesome about what you said about how we all use the introversion and the extroversion, and you're right because you know I ran a fitness studio, and an introvert you wouldn't think could run a fitness studio that you know, re- required 
community, right? And so I would turn it on authentically, right? I would turn it on. I would enjoy being around those people. Um, mm-hmm. But I had a very difficult time self-promoting. Um, the, the introvert and we had a difficult time self-promoting. So mm-hmm. like the only way I got business was referrals or like people that came to me who are already interested. Uh, but me going out and like promoting myself has always been really tough for me. Um, just the introversion side of me. So yeah, yeah super super interesting you say that. Yeah. And you were talking about a little bit in the episode that I listened to about having a hard time. You don't want people to perceive you as being inauthentic. Exactly. Uh, and I mentioned that, that cognitive function called introverted feeling, and that is in the INTJ stack. It's a little lower down than the types that I mentioned, mm-hmm. um, but that's you kind of tapping into that and struggling with a little bit. I think people who lead with introverted feeling, it's more natural to them to just be like, this is who I am. Whereas INTJs, INFJs, it's the same, uh, or yeah, it's a little different by INFJs, but anyone with an introverted feeling down further in their stack, they really want to be authentic, but they struggle with it a little bit more on how to do that. Um, and how to stay true to that. Yeah. Interesting, man. Well, I'm ready to get into the parenting stuff. Okay. Can we, uh, can we dive into some of that? Sure. Awesome. Well, did we go into your, into your ENFP enough, babe? What do you want to know? <laughs> so you, let me, let me say one thing like we about that. Let me say one thing about the ENFP that I always find an sure. interesting fact. ENFP, it, it's an extroverted type because it starts with that E, ENFPs report out of all the extroverted types, they report feeling the most introverted. I don't know if you um, and needing the most uh, alone time or quiet time. Do you, does that resonate with you? Since becoming a mom, I would say I am in need of quiet time more, but I don't. not be alone for a long time. I don't know. I like to be around people, but, but not like. When I was younger, I, I liked to be like in loud places, like party scene type dancing and stuff now. And I don't know if this is just age or maybe more of my personality coming through. I like to be like with a few people that make me feel good, if that makes sense. Like yeah. I don't want to be, you know, crammed up at like sardines yelling in a bar anymore. Like I want to be with like a group of friends in the backyard hanging out or something you know yeah totally so kind of yeah i think but you could never go long periods of time by yourself no more than like a day i would die on a hotel by yourself (laughs) she she would have like tons of wilson's all over the place i would die yeah i liked (laughs) that's part of the thing of like being a stay-at-home mom something i've struggled with is only having little people to talk to even though yeah there are people too but like i really enjoy adult connection and and just like being out there, you know? Yeah, totally. (laughs) But it was interesting to me that you said that um, finding different parts of your personality and kind of unlocking something like, I feel like I've, I don't know. I feel like if we went deeper into that, like if we did a session, there's probably parts of me because sometimes I read through my description and I want to fight with some of what it says I am, sure. whether it's that I don't want to believe that or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because some of the stuff he was reading, he's like, see, that's proving your personality type right there that you're getting offended by it right now. <laughs> <laughs> she, yeah, she, she, she definitely overthinks things. No, ENFPs are fascinating people. My mom's an ENFP. I have good friends who are ENFPs. And there's there's a a professor at UCLA right now uh, of neuroscience who is studying um, EEG scans. So he's he's measuring the the, um, activity in the neocortex and comparing them to different Myers-Briggs types. And I think the ENFP one is like so... It, his description of what their what their brain activity looks like is so oh, funny wow. when I think of the ENFPs in my life because yeah. he says most people when they have an input into their you know into us into our brain <laughs> when information mm-hmm. comes in we kind of follow a predictable path through the brain like whether if it's you know if it's something we're tasting, it kind of goes this way. And I'm, I'm gesturing that people can't see. And <laughs> if it's, if it's, you know, a math problem, it follows this, this other distinct path. Um, ENFPs, like everything hits everything. <laughs> oh, wait, oh, wait, oh, wait, oh, wait, oh, wait, please, please let me bring this up. 
excuse me. Your coughing attacks got to wait. All right, listen. So have you ever heard of the book called Men Are Like Waffles, Women Are Like Spaghetti? No, I, that right? sounds made up. Did you make that up? No, Literally. there's an actual book and the guy's name is something feral, by the way. Just to let you know. Okay, so <laughs> men are like waffles because they're in one box at a time, right? Okay. And women are like spaghetti, he says, because they're all, like all their thoughts are interconnected. Like it's 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 all attached. So and really it's not I like, like to say ENFPs. she is like one big plate of like you know, just like spaghetti, one big hot mess that is just going on. <laughs> that is just going on. Her thoughts are just interconnected and she's overthinking it all. No, really yeah. though. Is that why I'm all over the place with like my, like I'm everywhere. She's all over the place. It is. And it's actually, it can be, it can come off as, you know, being scattered or all over the place or whatever, but it's actually a superpower. It gives oh. the, the, the strength of being able to do 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 something called trans con- trans contextual thinking, Ooh. which means they can really connect Fancy. two things that to other people would be seemingly unrelated, um, and they can make that connection very quickly. Um, mm-hmm. And it's it's really interesting, but it's also it takes them so much energy to do that all the time that it's kind mm-hmm. of exhausting. And that my theory is that's why a lot of ENFPs report needing more downtime and alone time than other extrovert types because they're just their brain is just constantly like. Blah, 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 blah. So is there anything behind like okay, so for me I am like I'm like the guy who is like. I will spend my time figuring out what systems will work to make our household work more efficiently from like putting the condiments away quicker when we get them out, all that nerdy stuff, right? And like she just can't grasp it for long no. enough. She won't stay consistent with those I things get, because no. it's so I get boring annoyed. and she feels so boxed in, right? No, I just so, get annoyed when you're trying to tell me what to do while I'm doing Yes, she doesn't like to be real. told what to do and I'm the, uh, I'm the teachable one, right? I, or... I will- I'll commiserate yeah. with you because I have an INTJ husband. And I don't like when he tells me what to do either. See? <laughs> oh man! See, this is all bad. No, but he's right. Me. He's ready. He Thanks is for being ready on the to, show. He is ready to <laughs> sit down and like fix one problem at a time. I get excited about the idea of problems being fixed, and I I did this just yesterday. I started cleaning out one closet and I was like, oh, but then I'm going to need that space over here. And I started cleaning out a cabinet, and then I had three spaces torn apart at once because I decided that's how I was going to reorganize. And then it was a big mess and I was really stressed. ENFPs are all about, um, they could, their, their top function is extroverted intuition is called exploration. And they're Mm. they're, they're excited by possibilities and future possibilities and all the different ways to do things. And they want to do it all at once. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Meanwhile, her opposite polar opposite husband is like, you're running my systems. Yes. Okay. So that's a good, okay. That's a good segue into my question is, are there personality types that go better together or that have more conflict? Like naturally are there, are there, is that the one? Yeah. Well, how about from like, I was just going to say, are there personality types that are like, I kind of want to get into the kid part. That's what I'm, so, like, are there personality types that are conflicting from, like, parent to kid? You're like, oh, you're really going to struggle with this personality type in your kid, and then you're the parent that's this. Yeah. I mean, in, in one aspect, it can be it can be hard if your kid is different from you, right? Because you may not understand where they're coming from. And a big one, the biggest um, place for misunderstanding in a family or in, in any setting is the sensing versus intuition one. So that's the second letter, the S or the N. Um, and it's that that preference is all about how you take in information. And it's really how it, it really changes how a person sees the world. And so there's huge opportunity for misunderstanding when two people are on opposite ends of that preference pair. So if you are a parent who prefers intuition and your child prefers sensing, you're, you're going to misunderstand each other and vice versa. Um and then the the pairing of thinking feeling is usually the biggest source in a family or otherwise for conflict because it is a different way of making decisions and it's hard sometimes to understand why the other person is making decisions completely differently from how you want to make decisions so you would say the second letter is the most polarizing difference um not introvert extrovert the second letter is the most polarizing as far as as um, understanding each other. Okay. 
Um, introvert, extrovert is a little different. It's more of, you just have different needs. Um, right. and, and so if you, you know, if you're an extrovert living in a family of introverts, that can be really difficult because you want to get out of the house more. You want to be doing more things. You want to be interacting more. If you're an introvert in a family of extroverts, it's exhausting because they're always trying to take your energy away. Um, and so that, that's a little more of a, of different, differing needs. So all the letters have their difficulties when they're sure. paired together. It's just a different different kind of struggle. Um, and so we would not say there's any one type that is more in conflict with another type. It's just that all the types conflict with each other in different ways. And just because you have someone who's the same type as you, that's not necessarily great either. I can tell you my husband and my son are both INTJs. And that is... <laughs> INTJs really like to control their outer world. Tell me if this resonates, Chris. I'm, I'm um, a control freak, yes. So my husband really wants to control the systems and the ways that we're doing things. My son really wants to control the systems and the way we're doing things. And when they want to control it in a different way, which they usually do because they have different desires and needs, um, they butt heads a lot. So, Wow. So would you say... and. Would you say that you have, I don't know, a light opinion on maybe like the most challenging personality type as a parent? Because we know like parents, parenting takes such, you know, selflessness after a certain point, right? Um, and so I know like just being a very selfish guy before having kids and then the first kid's still super selfish, second kid pretty selfish third. Okay. I get it. Um, you know, so I've considered myself based on what I've read about INTJ, um, to have a really difficult time, at least with kids in this stage, because their irrational thinking mm -hmm. is so hard for me to grasp. I have to literally go to the science and be like, okay, your frontal lobe is just not developed. You just don't know. <laughs> so yeah. like, that's basically my go-to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a great way to approach to approach it and understand it. You know, I read surveys once about the different types and their thoughts and feelings on parenting and how it feels. And um, I remember seeing that, and I only remember this because my husband's an INTJ, so I was paying attention to the INTJ stats, um, that people self-reported their INTJs were the most likely to choose not to have children. Mm -hmm. um, that makes but, perfect sense, yeah. But when you looked at like satisfaction of being a parent, INTJs weren't as low. So people who, so INTJs who chose to be parents weren't necessarily the least happy parents, if that makes sense. And I can't remember who was the least happy or the most happy. And I think, you know, a lot of it is not necessary. You're going to face certain challenges as a parent based on your personality type. And every personality type is going to face challenges as a parent. It's just different based on, depending on what your type is. Um, Really, the biggest factor, I think, in your happiness as a parent, your effectiveness as a parent, is your ability to work on it, right? Is to self-reflect, understand what's difficult about it, and grow within that. Well, so can I poke on that a little bit? Sure. Because I feel like when I'm studying like the personality types, it seems like there's a certain type that is naturally a little more teachable and open. And then types that are not. So so maybe can we like hone in on the types that aren't typically as self-aware or teachable? Um, and then maybe like, I don't know, try and find a way to figure out which types are that um, and who's going to have the biggest challenge. Yeah. Well, um, as far as being uh, so intuitive, so that's the N, the N versus S. Um, intuitives are generally the most um, open to new ideas, right? So they like to look at new ways to do things. You probably won't find a lot of intuitives parenting exactly the way their parents did. They're going to want to find new ways to do it. They like to read about new theories. Um, whereas sensors, especially um, sensors who are also judges, so SJs, uh, are more tradition-based, they're more likely to carry on the traditions of their parents and do things the way um, society tells them to do things. But like I said, with when we talked about the <laughs> when we talked about the preference pairs, every type is capable of everything, right? It's just sure. how far down in your cognitive stack do you have to reach to access that? Um, so I'm not saying that SJs can't adapt and learn. Um, I can I know all sorts of SJs in my in my life um, who are 
able to be open to the to those sorts of things. It's just not their natural ability. It's going to take more effort, more energy, um, and they really have to focus on it. That's so cool. Obviously, if we were on video for the podcast, people would see us both like touching each other and wildly nodding our heads. Nodding our heads because, like, yes, I mean, us. we're both. The only one we do have in common is we're both ins mm -hmm. and you nailed us to a T that we're very open and excited to new ideas. And we definitely are not letting society tell us. Definitely not. We're some weirdos. Or anybody telling us how yeah. to, like we we're trying to make our way. And that's why I love when I was reading your, um, your website, just talking about how you want to help families and help kids like become the best version of themselves. That's something that we're really committed to and something that I never knew I could do like as a child. So I'm so excited to think about all the different ways we can do things like learn their personality types and adapt to their learning and the things we teach them to help them at, at this young age to start mm -hmm. this journey of personal growth and, and becoming the best versions of themselves. And I don't even know where I was going with that. Well, for it. I, I'm jazzed up. about. I it. will segue that. I would love to know, you know, the, the people that coach with you, what can they expect, um, you know, as parents of saying like, yeah, I would, I would invest in, you know, coaching with Sandra and actually, you know, going through the process, what would they be able to expect as parents figuring out their kids? Yeah. So the, I mean, the first thing we do is we type everyone in the family. And so uh, through Skype, you know, we do interviews, we talk about various things. You take um, the Myers-Briggs assessment online, which is a, a much more um, thorough one than the ones that you can access for free. Um, still, and I, I didn't really go into this, but just briefly, online assessments, not very accurate. In fact, they're often wrong more than they're right. But <laughs> you get what you the, pay for, right? <laughs> yeah. Even the official assessment, even the official assessment that you can only access by working with a certified professional is still only 80% accurate. It's really important that you work with someone that understands the model or you spend the time yourself to understand the model. Um, and so after we type, then, then um, I come back with some workable things. So if you're looking for how do I discipline my child, my child never seems to be on the same page as me. I can't get them out the door in the morning. I can't, you know, whatever the issue is. Um, and I have things with based on their personality type, here are the tips and tricks. Um, and then we can cater them to your particular family, family situation. So I can just give a um, quick example. Um, I've worked with parents who have kids who are very sensitive. And so disciplining can be really hard. Um, they can get their feelings hurt really easily by their siblings. Uh, my daughter, for example, um, she drives with the function I was talking about earlier, which is called introverted feeling or authenticity. It's a very sensitive function. Um, they're really, I love introverted feelers. They're so cool. They are like the number one in authenticity. They march to the beat of their own drum, but they feel things super deeply. If we e even raise our voice a little bit at my daughter, like, just like, no, don't do that. You know, instant tears when <laughs> she's off running and hiding under the bed. Um, mm -hmm. If her younger brother or sorry, her older brother um, criticizes her coloring, which he's apt to do because he's INTJ and he wants to, and he's, he's just going to tell it like it is. You weren't in the lines. It's not a good drawing. Um, <laughs> the truth is the truth. <laughs> no matter how old they are. <laughs> she's, you know, in some tears. So the, it, part of understanding is part of being able to help your children is really understanding where they're, where they're coming from. And that's, that's the first step. So where introverted feeling children are coming from is that when there's conflict or a criticism on them, their first reaction is that there's going to be a separation of love. Meaning like, if this person is in conflict with me or criticizing me, they aren't going to love me anymore. So when you understand that deep fear that they have, it's easier to empathize with them and take it more seriously. Because as, as a parent who's already understands unconditional love, it's hard to understand why they're melting down at these little things. So that's first is understanding what's behind it. And then having techniques to use every time situations like that come up to help them work through it. So like I, <laughs> with my son who uses thinking um, and extroverted thinking 
specifically, he's very rules-based and order-based and systems-based. He will follow a rule if he agrees with it, if he understands it. And so I can give him a rule. You're not allowed to tell your sister that you don't like her coloring. Why is his first question, right? I don't understand why it's, it is bad drawing. Why can't I say that? And that, but if I, I love that kid. <laughs> but if I can take him from A to B and say, when your sister hears that you don't like her coloring, she thinks she's bad at coloring. She thinks you don't like her. You know what? Like I, I, I talk him through why it makes her upset. Then you can say, okay, I understand that when I say that it's making her upset because X, Y, Z, now I can make that a rule and I won't say that again. And then he just makes it a rule and it's easy. Um, so <laughs> it's easy to just give for INTJs, at least with my son, I've learned how to give him rules that he will follow. It's going to be different for all different types. For my daughter, when we're disciplining her, we have to learn to always make eye contact, always use physical touch, and constantly, constantly, constantly remind her that we still love her. Just constant. Like, I love you so much. Um, I really don't want you to wave that thing in my face right now because it's it's bothering me. I still love you. Let's show me, show me that coloring in a different way. Don't, you know, wave it in my face or whatever. I love you. I love you. I love you. Like the, I love you has to be oh, so wow. constant. Um, fascinating. And then it, it helps her digest those feelings better. It helps her feel that connection more solidly. Um, and it just leads to more peace in general between us. That's so intriguing. Oh, that's incredible. And as you're talking, I'm thinking about our own children. And because I also, uh, I've also looked into a little bit like birth order mm-hmm. and how that affects children and how they behave and stuff. Because like our oldest is like classic oldest child right now. And our middle is pretty classic middle child right now. But um, it's been interesting because ours are so close in age and obviously they're being raised by the same parents and just what you said earlier when we were talking about it's so mind-boggling like how are you guys so different being raised like in the exact same time by the exact same people mm-hmm. um because our our second our middle sounds pretty similar to your daughter and the fact that she gets she's super 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 sensitive mm-hmm. gets very her feelings hurt very easily mm-hmm. and also goes like zero to 60 with her emotions, no matter what, if it's she dropped her cheese stick or if you spanked her butt or like whatever it is. I mean, it's the same amount of a hysteric, a hysterical meltdown. Yeah. yeah. My question, um, sorry to like kind of tack onto that for you would, would be, um, does, does that personality type, like, is your daughter like extra lovey and cuddly or is that all introversion in, in that feeling that, that she has? Because our, our middle Lindley, she's not like going to come up and like always cuddle us. It's very hit or miss with her, but yeah, she's very emotional. So it's interesting, you know, that we would turn this podcast off and be like, we need to tell Lindley we love her more because Mm. I don't know. Yeah. So can, can you speak to that? Yeah. And so, yeah, there is a difference between an introverted feeler and an extroverted feeler. And this doesn't have to do with whether you are an introvert or an extrovert. You can be an introvert and use extroverted feeling, which I am, or you can be an extrovert and use introverted feeling. It's not, it's not connected. So with my daughter, introverted feeler, they're not as showy with their feelings as extroverted feelers are. So she does get cuddly and lovey. um, And I think a lot of that is she mirrors what I do because I'm a huge shower of, of emotions and a huge cuddler, but it's taken her a while to get there. Like she wasn't, she wasn't like that when she was younger. Um, neither of my children were very cuddly, much to my dismay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, introverted feelers, they like to process their emotions internally. They're not as likely to want to talk it out. Yeah, you, you have to teach them how to do that. Whereas extroverted, extroverted feelers are more likely to want to want to talk that out and they have, they have to get that emotion out. Okay. So even today, Lindley, the three-year-old got in trouble. And when I went to sit down and talk to her and tell her, you know, here's why, I mean, she went, she's pushing me away. Didn't want me to talk to her. Don't touch her. Was not having it. So I feel like maybe she falls in line with, yeah. with an introverted feeler, which is really interesting. Yeah, that Gosh, 
That is super. I know. I, I need you to type all of us, and we need to go through this in a, like a yeah. real. Oh yeah. Session because yeah, I'm, I I'm intrigued. I want to know. I desperately want to know what works best for each of them because, especially because we have so many so close together, that trying to figure it out while you know it's not like time slows down, so I can work with each one and figure out who they are and how to discipline them and all that. So it's just chaos. Yeah. I mean, you're just reacting to what's happening in the moment. Yes. I don't get time. Exactly. I'm just trying to keep up trying new, you know, disciplines I've read about that maybe will work, but now I'm realizing maybe not with all of their personalities. So I am so, yeah, I'm just yeah, no. My I, hot mess wheels are churning. Right, <laughs> right. I know. She's all emotional over here. Like, you've been doing it all wrong. Um, I am. I just want to go get her and like, I love you. Right. Well, so can I ask you, just as an INTJ and um, the challenge that I feel as a father with the irrational behavior and all that, and mm-hmm. and um, I don't know, like for me personally, I was, I was telling John this morning, I was like, I just feel like I need to be more tenderhearted. Like I, I need to be, I need to do the things that like are totally out of my comfort zone mm-hmm. um, for, especially our oldest. So our, our oldest really, really craves my, my love and attention from like a, like she wants me to, you know, laugh at her and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But like her methods as a four-year-old are not funny. They're just really annoying. And so my <laughs> my natural, you know, inclination is like, this is annoying. So I'm going to call a spade a spade, you know, <laughs> and she's four. And yeah. so I, I blow it as a dad constantly when it comes to that. So is it as simple as, you know, yes, just go against your comfort zone? Or do you have any like specific tips for a jerk like me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So it's, going back to the preferences and understanding that we're all capable of all of them, but some of them just take more energy. Um, I think first of all, understanding your yourself, understanding that this is something that's hard for me and picking a time of day to really be like, okay, I'm going to go into my, my feeling, my more, my, my less comfortable, my less preferred here. And I'm going to spend five minutes giving her what she needs. And then I'm going to understand that that's really exhausting for me. I can't do that all the time. And I'm going to be okay pulling back again and explaining too. like dad doesn't have energy for dad has energy for that right now for a few minutes. And then I got to go do, you know, dad time or whatever it is and making the, making the times for pulling out of your preference out of your what your preference is and then the times to fill your fill your cup back up oh man i really like that because so you just basically said chris play barbies for five minutes <laughs> um because dude for a person like me like the fact that they don't know how to play or create a story or any type of anything together like i i like i try and i just have such a tough time even making it enjoyable for them mm-hmm. and just things like that in general but i think you're right because it's not a matter of like i'm a lazy parent it's just a matter of like it's so polar opposite and out of my comfort zone that it's hard for me to fake it you know yeah. well even, and she even also with the kids. she and i believe she senses that so she does. she's doing things extra annoying or extra that she even knows she shouldn't do to get the attention she's craving because her other methods weren't working. So she's our cuddly very needs. The the love needs needs to be told she's loved and held. And I don't know. I was reading on your Instagram page, how you had um, a bunch of them broken down for kids, Mm -hmm. the types and I was having a hard time just at the short amount of time I was looking at them, um, typing them because some of them, they fell into multiple categories, you know? Yep. And so is that more of just they're still young, so they're not exhibiting their whole personality yet? or Yeah, I mean, with anyone, even with adults, you'll find, you oh, you fall into different categories at different times, depending on your mood, depending on whatever. Um, And also just understanding the intricacy of type. There's an order in which we prefer to do things. And so, you know, we're 
when I work with a client, I can help them sort that out. So you can say, well, when, when, when we're getting ready for dinner, she's like this, when we're get when, you know, we're in the middle of story time, she's more like this. And we can kind of pull those intricacies out and understand what the preference pairs are based on that. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's more complicated than it looks on the surface. There's the either or, but you guys have heard me mention the cognitive functions over and over again, the extroverted feeling, the introverted feeling. Um, and that level, once you understand that level, that's really the meat of Myers-Briggs and being able to get down to that level really helps us understand the intricacies of people's type and that it's not black and white. You're not an introvert or an extrovert. You're, you're both, but there's just, you have a preference for one or the other one is higher up in your stack than the other and so on. So interesting. Mm, wow. Are you ready for my card number? <laughs> just, right. Like, I'm tripping over here. I know. I'm going to go wake the kids up. Can we just go ahead and... <laughs> right. Man, I know. Oh, man. This is fascinating stuff. Wow. It really, it really is. I feel like you, you are doing something that is game-changing for families yeah. because it's like... I don't know. It's like the hidden key. Like so many of us just run around, like you said, being reactive parents and trying to do the same thing for everybody. But... Obviously, there's just little, little things that, you know, let's just tell Lindley we love her more when she's in trouble or whatever that you can turn that is just like, my mind is churning. Look, I'm getting excited about possibilities. I know, I know. Her brain's going everywhere. I don't know about you guys, but parenting is absolutely the hardest thing I've done in my life. (laughs) Amen. And so I, I just love love learning this and helping other people because I think it's one way in which we can be a little more intentional with how we're doing it. Um, yes. but it is a struggle. Like it is, <laughs> we just got back from vacation. So I'm kind of on a high, high note today, <laughs> but yeah. in general, I'm just, sometimes you just feel like you're just trying to keep your head above water. You're just surviving yes. all the time, all the time. Oh, yes. absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. Well, so Sandra, is there any, this is one of my favorite questions to ask. Is there any question that we did not ask you or any anything about, uh, you know, personality types or or what you guys do that, that, that you'd like to share? Um, we I touched on it a little bit, but a lot of people are critical of personality type models um, saying they're not scientific, that any personality, any profile that those quizzes give you back, you're going to see some part of yourself in and it's going to say something positive and you're going to be like, yeah, that's totally me. Um, and with the Myers-Briggs, there is a, a ton of research behind it. Um, lots of years of applying it. It comes from um, Carl Jung's work and he's highly respected in the psychology world. Um, and like I mentioned, the um, professor Nardi at UCLA and other people are doing actual work now to, um, to really validate, you know, kind of what we already know and, and take it further. Um, so it really is a valid model for how we function, how our children function. It's not everything though. You know, there's so much more to a person than, you know, those, those four aspects of your personality. (laughs) There's other models. Uh, Enneagram is an incredible model. Um, that just doesn't fit for the type of work I'm doing, but I've, I've found it in personally incredibly helpful. Um, and then of course there's your environment and how you were raised and in your personal circumstances that make you who you are too. So there's, there's so many, so much that's different to us and this, this doesn't box you in, but it is really, really helpful tool, um, and model to help understand your family and just bring a better fa- family dynamic all around. Well, in, in couples too, right? Do you work with just couples to help them with basically couple coaching through through personality type? Um, I, I prefer to work with the whole family, but um, yeah. that's definitely, you know, something we will sometimes add in or, or do as an sure. add-on on top of, yeah. Sure. I'm just thinking, I know obviously so many couples have trouble communicating mm-hmm. and, you know, I think we do a pretty good job at communicating, but it's taken us a lot of time figuring out each other. Chris used to always say that just, that's not how my brain works. And she I used to get, get so mad. mad. So I'm like, that's just an excuse. And now I'm like, well, shoot, maybe that really isn't how your brain works. <laughs> and I just got to adjust over here. Oh yeah. I'm uh, yeah. Well, if yes, I have, I've always been about that. I mean, I like, I don't know if you've heard of project Evo, but basically like the brain type journal and stuff. Like I've, I've always just been hooked on all that stuff, just trying to figure myself out Um, because I like to learn more about myself and, you know, figure out what's wrong and then fix the problem. What's wrong, fix the problem. So that's just how, 
it's how I've always lived my life. But yeah, you make a great point how this is a great tool we can use. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, there's also the the you know childhood conditioning factor of environment and how we grew up and what we're conditioned to and all those things too. So it makes perfect sense. But I, I mean, I think we want to make it clear, like, don't take anything away from what you're doing because gosh, like it's, it's amazing to have that type of, I guess I'll use the word as a hack <laughs> yeah. to, to have that, that type of a way to, should I say hack parenthood, Jonna? <laughs> hack is to hack parenthood. Yeah. Hacking parenthood. There it is. That, that was, that's a long story, but yeah. Um, so that's so yeah. yeah. Okay, and I want to know just because I keep looking down at what I wrote down as my possible enneagram. Can after talking to us, can you guess what we are number wise? Enneagram's a little tougher. I thought she said that was the easier one to type. Usually I have easier, but I was totally off with with the guessing your Myers-Briggs type. So let's see if I can be totally off again. Um, (laughs) Because of something that Chris just said, I might go for one for him. Either one or a five. I'm a one. All right. You nailed it. That was kind of a a risk for me because not a lot of INTJs are ones. They're usually fives. Um, (laughs) You're just all over the place. You do not fit the normal box here. Oh, my gosh. Um, The easy thing for me to say would be seven because there's a lot of ENFP sevens. But let me think for a minute. Um, Yeah, I'm going to go seven. Okay, the quiz I took said two and seven were my top. Mm-hmm. It didn't narrow me down to one. So so with the, and this is just a quick, for anyone who's interested in Enneagram and has taken the the, the quizzes online, especially for, for women or mothers, um, never, if they, if you get two, never take that as, uh, take that with a grain of salt because a lot of, because that's the the helper. It's the, and because we're, we find ourselves in those roles so naturally, and we've been socialized to be helpers. A lot of times we'll test as a helper when we're, we're actually not. So if mm. you, so they, they say for women and especially mothers, you should rule out all the other types before you land on two as your type. Really? Just as a quick little. Now, when I when I read some of the things about two, they definitely fit me. I'm definitely like a hospitable, caring helper Very, type. Yeah. But but seven that when I read that too, I was like, okay, yeah, that. That was just a fancy way of her saying like it was a seven. I was right. Yeah, right. <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs> you got me. Um, but no, it, what really helped me narrow it down because I I typed as a one and a two, and I'm actually a one. Um, was to read the kind of the dark side of all of them. Mm-hmm. And I, I did not resonate with the dark side of the two at all, but I, I did resonate with the dark side of the one. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to go back and look now. Cause this stuff is so interesting to me. Oh, it's awesome. It's so interesting to me. Yeah. Like I want to do what you do. How do you train me to do that? <laughs> right. Look there, there goes my brain again. I get excited <laughs> about everything. I think that's the next level of my business is to train the trainers, but I'm not there. there, you go. there <laughs> yes. You go. Well, I'm probably not ready yet either, but when I, when you're there, I'm going to be there and <laughs> it'll work. So it'll work great in your, in your, uh, ENFP mind right? my campaigner brain chris always yes. says this campaigner brain they said it um on that one site we use it says like you're always trying to look for a reason why something happened and mm. and a sign to tie it all together and yes. i really do which kind of goes with what you said about the two parts that you can relate to each other that other people don't look at so that makes sense that must be that's how my it brain works might be right but you know i would be interested in if we coached with you I'd be interested to know if I was an I, um, an INFJ, mm. because you're I, not a feeler. I was a feeler when I was oh. a kid, mm. big time, like mm-hmm. Lindley status. Yeah, and I think I, I think just a lot of things that happened over the years kind of like changed that a little bit. Um, so. I think that would be the only change in well, me. Those, is those maybe types that. are very, very similar. I'm an INFJ um, because oh, yeah. we, we both lead with the same function. So those types are very similar. Um, I, I'm, I will tell you, I'm getting more of an INTJ vibe from you, but I would be happy to dive into that with yeah. you. No, yeah. No, great. Yes. yes. Okay. So we already know we want to work with you. Right. Somebody else is listening right now and they're like, we're sick of hearing about John and Chris's personal type, there type my go. family. There you go. Where do they find you? My website is www. 
familypersonalities.com. And if you click on um, schedule an appointment, you can book an intro consult with me for free just to chat about your family and what you're looking for. And if, if personality type would help you guys, um, the best place to follow me is on Instagram. I, as John and Chris pointed out, I post a lot of interesting things about typing children and what different types need. Um, and it's really fun place to comment like, Oh, my son's more like this. My daughter's more like this. Um, also, uh, when does this podcast air? We're actually going to drop it next week. Okay. So by the time this podcast airs, I will not have started my podcast, but I will be starting it soon. Hopefully we'll be releasing episodes in April. If you go to familypersonalities.com slash podcast, you can enter your email to be notified when the first episode drops. Awesome. Did you mention your social handle names? Um, Instagram was family personalities. And then you can find me on Facebook too. I'm not very active, but it's F-A-M personalities. So fam personalities. Cool. Mm. Perfect. Man, fascinating stuff. Seriously, dare I say, maybe one of my favorite interviews so far. I know. Actually, probably my favorite. You guys, I will say you guys got way more into it than most people that (laughs) that really (laughs) into it. I think, I mean, I could ask you a million questions. I think it's so cool. Well, let me, okay, so... Great stuff. Yeah. So we will, uh, we will say goodbye for now, but definitely hope to have you back. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you guys. It was really fun.